Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome to the Kayak Fishing Obsessed Podcast. We'll be sitting down with a fresh guest each week. Someone who shares the same kayak fishing passion that runs through our veins. We're talking kayak anglers, kayak companies, lure experts. Heck, anyone who's got a story to tell about landing the big ones from a kayak. We're setting our sights on becoming the number one kayak fishing podcast in the world. You'll get a chuckle, a grin, and hey, maybe even a belly laugh. Because we believe in the power of humor. But above all, we're here to educate and inspire. So, whether you're a seasoned kayak angler or just dipping your toes into this exhilarating world, join us on the Kayak Fishing Obsessed Podcast. It's time to reel in adventure, camaraderie, and the joy of the catch. Here's your host, Darren Wendell. Hey guys, welcome to podcast episode 41 brought to you by the Wendell Fishing YouTube channel. Tonight we have the winners of the Knucklehead Bass Fishing Series for Team Wendell on tonight. And so we're going to be talking about how they have been able to consistently catch big bass, how they've been able to pattern big bass consistently, right? Tournament winning large 20 inch plus bass month after month after month. It's not like they just won one month, right? We're talking, I've been following all of them. They've been able to do it month after month after month. So hopefully this is my goal that we will have them on. And then one of us, we would just be able to take maybe just one piece of information to help make us a better angler. So that's pretty awesome. Got some news and announcements for you guys. I'm celebrating on the Wendell Fishing YouTube channel, 20 years of watch time which it just kind of blows my mind. Started this channel two and a half years ago, and uh, we just hit 20 years of watch time. So that's pretty awesome. If you're watching it from the podcast, maybe you're out there tinkering with your fishing kayak on the way to work, coming home from work. Maybe you're even at work, right? Doing a workout. Thank you for listening in. I am incredibly grateful for you. This is a top 10% podcast of all podcasts out there. And so hopefully I'm trying to up my game. Uh, week after week. So hopefully this is continuing to get better for those who've been with me. I'd love to hear from you as well. If you're out there on the podcast, reach out through any of the socials. I'd love to hear from you. So please do that. Guys, we finished up a month between the last show and this show, which puts the last and final knucklehead winner on the team. And so let me share my screen here. Let me head over here and check this out. All right. So let's head over to Fishing Chaos and the winner. For August is Jack McRoberts with 103.75 inches. Tammy Sanchez came in second with 100.5 inches. She was already on the team. So that's awesome. I came in third with 95.75 inches. I'm already on the team. Jake Tomlin came in fourth with 94 inches. He was already on the team. And then Levi Bolgren, 89.5 inches. So not too bad. But I do want to let everybody know. And so this is kind of exciting. And this might not have been public knowledge but recently uh, a couple of weeks ago um chad hoover at kayak bass fishing there's a wild card team so if you're like oh man i was so close for a couple of those months i still want to do this 
there is a September wildcard team that you can sign up for and you can win your spot on one of the five slots. And there's also going to be an October wildcard team. So two additional teams have been added. So this is going to be pretty exciting. Um, so if you're interested in that, head over to fishingchaos.com. And I have a giveaway later in the show. So I have a randomizer wheel. And as I promised for anybody who signed up in any of the months, if you signed up for August to fish, doesn't you didn't even have to catch a fish. Uh, you get put into a drawing. And I'm going to do a randomizer tonight to win $100 gift card to castcray.com. And the last thing, uh, I'd love to have you join to become a YouTube member of the channel. And so I currently don't earn any, run any ads on the podcast and uh, and that's, and how I support it is just through the Wendell Fishing YouTube revenue. So I'd love for you to be a member if you have not done that. Hit the join button and there's a couple option there, options there for you. I'm not making money on this bad boy. All, all the money goes right back into the channel um, for microphones and streaming services and all that bad boy, all that, all that stuff. So no problem there. But would love to have you join. Now, remember, this is an interactive show if you're tuning in live on YouTube. So hit us, hit us up with your questions. But let's welcome to the show the winners of the Team Knucklehead Bass Fishing Series for Team Window. I got Jake Tomlin. Jake, you look like you're fishing, brother. Oh, yeah. I'm heading back to get in the truck and talk with you guys. <laughs> oh, he's out of his kayak. I love it. We got Tammy Sanchez. Tammy, welcome to the show. Oh, I don't got your audio there. Sorry about that. I was on mute. Thank you. Oh, it's all good. That's because I asked everyone to mute when you're when you're not talking. So <laughs> might happen throughout the show. But thank you. All right. We got Greg Massa. How you doing, Greg? Good. How are you doing? Right on. Welcome to the show, brother. And then Jack McRoberts. Jack, how are you? Can you hear us, Jack? All right. I see him. I do not hear him yet, but not a problem. All right. So kind of want to go around the horn here and one, congratulate you. Um, and really just wanted to, if there was one thing, right, we're, we're just going to hop right into this. If there's one thing in, in this tournament series or that, that really you felt like gave you kind of that unique advantage. What would that be, right? Share that with with everyone else. What what was that one thing that maybe you patterned those bass, your pre-fishing strategy, a particular lure, um, just something? I asked everyone kind of think of this one question before we before we popped in. And so I'm going to start with Tammy. Tammy, do you mind starting us off first? Tell us a little about yourself, where you fish from, the primary bodies of water that you fish, kind of gives everyone a kind of idea where you're located at in the country, and then let us have it. Sure. Uh, so Tammy Sanchez, I currently live in Newberry, New Hampshire. Um, I primarily fish just a lot of my local ponds and lakes. Um, nothing, you know, extraordinary, small, just small ponds and lakes around me. Something I can get to quickly because um, I like to fish mornings before work and sometimes after work. So anything within a half hour, I'll try to hit. Um, so uh let's see in terms of lures i i i think um i think my most successful has been a jig um okay i love to fish a jig um football jig ball head jig um you know now in the summer i use something that's a little bit bigger profile really big flappy um you know twin tail grub kind of thing um, early mornings, late evenings. I also like to, uh, use big topwaters. Okay. Um, 
any particular favorites on the top waters? Yeah, my favorite, there's a friend of mine, um, Chris Ellis, he has, um, he makes, uh, he's got a company starting MTL baits um, that I really enjoy using. Um, some of my favorites are, um, I, I love anything with wings. <laughs> it looks like a Kyogre. What yeah. is that thing? Cool. <laughs> that thing is massive. Yeah. So Can you put that up to the camera a little bit. And for those who are watching, watching in. Oh, wow. Let's see if I can find the angle. Okay. Things with wings. That's definitely, I do definitely yeah, own love, one of those. Yeah. What is I love it? Crawlers, anything that's a crawler. I love to use. Um, I do a lot of wake baits too. This is um, one of the, my newest ones that I got from him that I've started just using recently. He calls it the Bruce Gillis. So it's a piece <laughs> Bruce Gillis. Pretty cool. So real, real quick. So bring those back out. Those are absolutely enormous baits, right? Yeah. The majority of individuals are not are not throwing this. So one, I'm curious, those, those, those look custom, right? So yep. what does one of those lures cost? And what setup are you throwing that on? Um, yeah, so these custom all hand, I mean, literally custom each individual one he does with um, wood. Um, I think it goes for about 225. Okay. Um, so, so if you lose setup, that one, you're going to feel that pain. Yeah, for oh, while. for sure, for sure, for sure. <laughs> um, yeah. Um, my current setup for this is, oh, let me grab it. Let's see. I have a uh, Dobbins DC 807 mag, so it's um, three to ten ounce, three to ten ounce lure rating. Mag heavy, fast action. Yeah, I, I would imagine, and so, that thing is how long is it? It's oh, on the longer side, I would imagine. Yeah, eight feet. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Eight feet, and um, I pair it with a um, Shimano Tranks 300. So when you're throwing that, my goodness, you're going big or going home, right? That's that's the idea here. When you yeah, that. pretty much. Exactly. Yeah. I, I just, I, in the probably last year was when I really got into bigger top water baits, wake baits. Um, yeah. So I love all the things, the rats. I also love the PB rats. One of my favorites. I use it all the time. That's custom as well. Uh, well, PB, no, it's um, one of the, they're, they're sold and, you know, just about anywhere but they are relatively expensive as well, but. Give me a ballpark. What's that? What's that? Uh, what's that? I think, I think the two pieces like one thirty-five, maybe. Okay. It's been a minute. Woo. That's awesome. Yeah. So, so you're fishing with just bigger than normal. The normal average bass fisherman is fishing with. Yeah. And these are where all your big bass have come from. Uh, yeah, a couple of them on that. And again, a couple of them on, um, just, just a jig. I like the, um, again, like I use just a ball, you know, this is a football head three eighths ounce and, um, you know, like a grub trailer for the summer want a lot of movement, um, falling, going in pads. I love to fish them in pads and stuff. So those are what I've caught the, my, my big fish on are those, those baits really. Yeah. Um. Just between those four, those are it. That's the yeah, juice. pretty much. Yeah, pretty much. Huh. Yeah. You ever, have, no, go ahead. Yeah, sorry, I was gonna say this is another one that Chris made. It's it's just a it's a two piece Bruce, but this is uh, like a perch pattern. But yeah, it's like I rotate all of them. It's like you know once they get used to a sound, I switch to another one. 
try a different sound, that type of thing. So as soon as they stop hitting it, I'll move on to a new one and try it. And then, you know, so I'll rotate through them. How long, how much time do you spend on one before? What, what is that time frame for you usually? A uh, half hour. All right. So you'll throw hour, maybe an hour, very rarely an hour. If after a half hour, I haven't gotten a hit. I, I usually I'm thinking it's not happening. Yeah. Then you switch on over. Yeah, that is. That is awesome. I've seen now I've been following you ever since you joined the team and I've seen that you've been using these and I was like, oh man, I can't wait to talk about these. <laughs> um, so for those of you on the podcast, it's really hard to like explain what we're all looking at. So you have to come back if you really want to look at those or look them up. What's the website? Where did you get those from again? Um, it's MTL Bates. Um, there's, he has a Instagram account and also a Facebook account. Um, I think he has a website, mtlbates.com, but usually, um, you know, you get a hold of him through Instagram or Facebook. Right on. Now I was wondering if you did this, this full time, but you're out just like me out there before work. Yep. You get, maybe you slide in a couple hours and then on the weekends you do a little bit longer, maybe an evening here or there. Um, so it's not like you're doing this full time. Right. And think sometimes people are like, Oh, well, more time out in the water, obviously you increase your chances, but you are doing something that <clears throat> I've had a lot of people on the show. They're all using a lot of the baits that you can get, you know, your chatter baits and yeah. not too often do I have someone pick up what you just picked up and you're like, okay, I love this. All right. Gramps has a question for you, Tammy, before we kind of go around the horn here. Sure. His question is, Darren, ask Tammy if she's fishing the challenge series championship because you're big in the tournaments, correct? I am. I am. Um, I unfortunately won't be able to do that this year um, or next year. I guess it's next year for this year. I, I, I would like to at some point, but there's only so many, you know, because I do work. There's only so many days off I can take. So I, at this point, I sort of try to pick and choose what I want to focus on and, and what I can make and travel to. And unfortunately, a lot of these challenge series, you know, it's tough to travel to Kentucky or, you know, even Alabama, you know, taking the time off. So it, I have to sort of pick and choose. Yeah, right on. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you, Tammy. We'll, we'll circle back here in a little bit. I'm going to go over to Jack. Jack, can you hear us? I can hear you now, dear. All right. Well, welcome and congratulations on this past month's win, 103 inches. Thank you. I, kind of my goal this year, I had a goal I wanted to at least in every one of the months, at least hit 90 inches. And I was able to do that personally, so I'm pumped. But I was like always just close to that 100-inch mark. And now after listening to Tammy, I know I know how, I, how to get there. Um, but I would love to hear from you because this isn't the first month you've been able to do that. So how have you been able to pattern or what is maybe you feel like your unique advantage or what you've been picking them up on? Tell us where you're from and then walk us through. All right. I'm, I'm actually from Alabama, a small town uh, called Elkmont. And uh, two years ago, um, when I, I started fishing in 2016. So every year after like 2020, I started picking up one technique. I would try, I was fishing jigs. You know, I tried the wacky rig. I was uh, doing my drop shots. And <clears throat> for the last two years, I've been, working on my uh punch punching and okay. flip so so the last two years i've been able to consistently go you know 99 uh plus inches uh um just uh you know punching into lilies and thick grass um matter of fact the last two months all my fish that i've caught have been in a 50 50 yard area wow 
same area. Um, one thing that helped me out, I don't know if you can see this here. Um, usually a flipping hook is designed like this, the round. Yeah, explain it for those just listening in on the podcast. So walk us through what that looks like. All right, so this flipping hook, it's just, it's a round bend. Um, you, you tie it with a snell knot with a weight, depending on what you're punching into the grass with. Uh, this year, I went to a heavier, I, I pitched a one ounce uh, tungsten weight, uh, pegged it, uh, and then uh, started with this round hook and I was losing fish. Mm. I mean, I'd have them on there and then they get off. I mean, you know, cause you're fighting them through the grass and the, uh, through the uh, lilies. So I switched over and never lost another fish off of this design. So for those listening in, what are we looking at now? We are looking at a, a Togar from the round bin like uh, Six Sense makes. On uh, This is the round. I switched to this Togar, which has this little extra Togar Pro. And for some reason, once that locks into their lip, no matter what they do, they're not getting off of it. Um, I did figure out, I fished four areas uh, down here into the lilies and the grass. And... I found two colors that they like. So I'll all share right. share that with the team when we get together. <laughs> oh, there we go. It's not going to let all the juice go. No, no. Those, those two, but um, I fished D-bombs on these. That's the, okay. I mean, I fished all kinds of other creature baits, but the D-bomb and these two particular colors, I mean, consistently. <clears throat> and I was talking, it took me about 10 minutes to get in position in these places. Four, fourth, fifth cast, I already uh, had a 19 or 20 inch bass on. So, wow. Wow. So this, has this been the first year where you kind of patterned in those where they're at? Um, at, um last year, <clears throat> uh, I think I began to lock in on it. Uh, of course I fished a challenge series and I was able to, uh, go to the, uh, national championships last year, uh, and same this year, but this year I, I definitely concentrated and, uh, dialed in, I found a spot where the creek actually split and went around the lilies and the grass. And it was just like this island of bank out there. Okay. And, I mean, fish love the current. Early morning, they'd be right up close to the, the creek. And then as it got hotter, they moved back underneath the heavy grass and the lilies. I mean, the biggest fish I've caught, uh, the temperature was 104 degrees straight. Whoa. Down. Yeah. Last cast of the day. Gotta love those I, I last the, cast. Last cast. That was it. I'm I'm headed to the house, flipped it into the lily, and it just took off. So, so how it, deep are you in the lilies? Are you <laughs> positioned in the lilies? Like you're deep in there, or are you just you you flipping like a foot into the edge? What are you doing there? Yeah. So um, I I set myself up uh, about uh, five feet off the lily line. I work my way in as I pedal up, paddle up a. I start casting to the edge and then I'll flip. I flipped so far back into the leaf and caught, uh, caught bass that it was like going through a jungle when I was pulling. Uh, wow. my, I use a loose heavy seven foot three, uh, rod. And I, I paired it with a Abu Garcia, uh, pro, uh, seven to one and then 50 pound braid. <laughs> I, I would imagine it's <laughs> somewhere. Um, what was your, what was the, the longest length on your bass this year? Uh, this year, 22 and a half. All right. That was just the past. I was looking at your, your numbers. That was your last in August when you won 22 and a half. 
Yeah, I, oh. caught, I caught a uh, 21 and a half, uh, moved 10 feet, and caught the 22 and a half. Oh, my gosh. And those mornings are what we all dream of. Oh, it, it, it was a good morning. <laughs> wow. Well, we'll circle back to you. Thank you so much for, for sharing that. And uh, I saw it stop for a second. I saw the chicken, the chicken home gym, my man. Thank you so much. Put in a donation there. So thank you so much. He said, I just caught a really nice pickerel and he flipped out of my hands before I got the picture. So he's out fishing just like Jake is. Um, but he looks like he's putting his kayak. There he is. He's putting his kayak away. So I'm going to give him, I'm going to give him a moment. We'll circle back to you, Jake, after I talk to Greg, but Greg, Welcome to the show, brother. How you doing? Good. How are you doing? I'm doing good. For those of you who don't know, I've known Greg for a while now, and you might actually know of Greg, or at least what he does, because he is the owner of 3dyak.com, and you might have a seat riser or some type of 3D printed accessory, and this is a man who does that, and he lives down around the Wheeler, Gunnersville area, I think. So, Greg, where are you from? And uh, yeah, tell us a little bit more about 3D Yak. That's kind of interesting. Well, uh, 3DX started basically a few years ago when a guy that uh, needed some seat risers for a native Propel 13 uh, asked me if I could make them. And I found a design online and I downloaded it and printed it for him. And uh, neither one of us was really happy with it. So I uh, started looking into CAD and playing around with it and figured out how to make a design that was a little bit more secure, a little bit more stable. And uh some friends of his saw those and wanted some and other people saw them and uh, it kind of exploded. So, uh, you know, that's, that's been five or six years now. We started an official website this year and, you know, uh, it's been going strong. So by exploded, what do you like, what do you mean? Give us some, I, I, I mean, like it was, it was like three 3d printers, you know, I was making like a set of risers a week. Okay. And now I'm making, on average, three to four a day. Three to four sets oh. of risers, plus rod stagers, plus weed guards, plus organizers, and whatever else I can come up with. A bunch of prototypes out there right now. So it's it's getting serious. How many 3D printers do you have? Are they running in the background? I think I slightly yeah, hear I've got, something really light. I've got two running right now. Um, so I'm actually phasing out the old models for a newer model that is extremely fast, extremely precise. Before, and I've only got three of the new models. Before that, I was up to 20 um, oh. of the old ones. But these three are so reliable and so fast that I actually think I might need to get two more. And that'll be equivalent to the 20 that I had. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. So it's changing. Wow. Technology is changing quick. Yeah, that stuff's crazy. Like I just walked into my um, local thrift shop and there's like five 3D printers new in box. I'm like, those are there for a reason. Yep, yep. <laughs> So, well, yeah. Well, congratulations on the business kind of side hustle kind of blowing up, which is, which is fun. But, um, so is it, what else? So you make rod stagers, you got organizers, 3d printed seat risers. Are you able to share kind of what you have prototyping right now? Um, so it's really simple. It's nothing like secret or whatever. It's, it's, uh, basically like a rod stager that goes in the tank. Well, uh, in particular, this one's designed for a native Titan and, it's just a, a, it's a low profile rod stager that stays out of the way of the crate and everything and allows you to stick your rod into it when you're standing up fishing so you don't have to sit down or turn around and reach for the crate that's way behind you. It's a lot closer. And then I uh, basically took that and modified it into, you know, on the old towns, 
and natives, they have a stager that's right beside the cockpit that you can set the rod in when you catch a fish. Mm -hmm. So I made a little version of that for all the kayaks that don't have them. Just mounts okay. into the track, and it's just a little ring that sticks out that you can slide your rods in. And, um, you know, we've got a few requests for some things that I, I, I don't want to share yet because they may fail miserably. <laughs> That's why we send a few out to get tested because it, it may sound good on paper, but, you know, real world may be different. Yeah, I, I find that fascinating, the whole 3D printed world, kind of these products that don't get mass produced, but you could, you could whip up literally with a CAD in a print printing machine in like a few hours. How long does it take? I was blown away with this. I know the answer, but for those of you out there, say I wanted 3D printed seat risers for my Bonafide P127, right? So it's really just a rectangular block. Yeah. Um, uh, I'll like to take the print something like that. I mean, I've got the front one, you know, right there it here. Is. That right there takes about two and a half hours. Wow. And so multiply that by two for the front two, and then the rear are about three times as long. So those are each about six hours uh so you're looking at six six two two so you're looking at uh you know 16 hours of printing wow all right so you're, you're you were really limited as far as unless you buy more and more printers yep and then you yep. got like started that was, my up. Solution, was to buy a bunch of cheap printers you know right huh huh fascinating so if you're interested anything kayak fishing 3d printed go check out a site 3dyak.com Let's switch over from that. So we were talking early on and I love you live on, where do you live right now? So I'm in Somerville, Alabama, which is actually right between Decatur and Huntsville. So okay. very close uh, to Jack, close to Chad Hoover, um, right five minutes away from Wheeler. Um, so Ooh. yeah, I've been so you fish Wheeler to... a lot. Oh yeah. Um, so you were, you were like my secret weapon. I was really secretly hoping that you could be on our team because I needed someone who lived down there who kind of knew the waters, knew where the bass are pattern, you know, are going to pattern up for the, during that you know, November weekend. And now we have two of you, which I'm pumped. Jack, do you fish um, Gunnersville or Wheeler at all? I fish Gunnersville, Gunnersville, Wheeler, Pickwick. I fish all three of them. I drive um, Gunnersville and uh, Wheeler's probably about 40 minutes where I put in yeah. at. All right. I don't know about you, um, Tammy. But that makes me really happy to know that we got a couple, <laughs> couple hammers who live <laughs> near, or essentially, Greg on the water. Um, Jake, how you doing, brother? Pretty good, pretty good. Almost done here. Oh, uh, you're all good. We're, we're we'll, we'll circle back with you in here in like just a few minutes. But uh, so, Greg, let us know what is what was that month for you when you won? What are what are some of the things you feel like you would attribute that to? Uh, pretty much, I waited for it to get hot. And that concentrated the fish around uh, some cool water springs. We've got a okay. few of those around here. And when that happened, uh, usually there was grass, matted out grass around those lily pads. And you just find where the water transitioned from bathwater hot to cold and throw a frog. I mean, that's a, a spro frog. I threw a live target a little bit, threw the um, top toad a little bit, and, uh, you know, buzz bait anywhere in between that. You know, I could any open water, but pretty much a hollow body was what I did most of my damage with this year. Nice. And that, that was all five of your top five fish was on the frog. Yep. And what month was that? I think that was June, I think. Pretty sure. Okay. Yeah. I'm thinking I actually have some of the stuff written out. Uh, just so you guys know, August, Jack, 
had 103.75. July, Jake came in 90.75 inches between five fish. June was Greg, 101.25. And then May was Tammy with 98.25. So just a little, and they've been bouncing around that ever since, which is pretty neat. So what, so waited toward to get hot. You knew where the cold springs were. That's awesome. Has it, is that kind of your go-to during December or do you, you know, it, it is. Yeah. They, okay. they get stacked up um, in very small areas because the grass gets really thick and it kind of chokes out a lot of the places so that, that they're not able to ambush um, and also fish at night. You may have noticed that that frog was black and that's oh. pretty much all I throw is a black frog. I'll, I'll throw a white, um, you know, in May when they're feeding on spawning, uh, shad or whatever if I'm around the edges but for the most part I'm going to be fishing right after sunset right before sunrise with a black frog and it's just those open areas and uh, they're just waiting for something to move across it and ambush it wow so you go night fishing like into the night or are you just talking about like twilight hours I mean I've, I've been out there several times past midnight alright nice as a matter of fact uh... the biggest fish that I've caught so far which was Last year, it was in March. I caught it at eleven fifty nine on a uh, black and blue jig. Wow! So and what was it? What was the size and weight on that bad boy? That was twenty five inches, and I have Dang. no idea the weight. <laughs> it's like dream of a twenty five inch bass. Yep. Uh, I don't know. I don't think they grow that big up here in Ohio. Man, well, awesome. So, do you do any type of? And you kind of shared a little bit, but any type of pre-fishing strategy, like if you go to a new lake. So I would imagine being that Wheeler's five minutes away. One, how big is Wheeler? How many you know acres is that lake? It is giant. I mean, it's, and it's, it's even smaller than Gunnersville, correct? Not, not, not the way it fishes, right? Oh, okay. Keep talking. Because it's going to take you, I'm trying to think, from Wheeler Dam all the way to Gunnersville Dam, you're probably driving, there's not a straight shot. So you're probably driving an hour and a half to get from one end to the other. Kidding. And, and because it's it's stretched out, like 50% of it is very narrow and very long, and 50% of it's more lake like. Um, so you've got any kind of fishing you want to fish. If you want to fish the river, if you want to fish backwaters, you want to fish creeks, swamps, dewatering areas. I mean, there's all of it on Wheeler. So how do you choose? Right? We got We're gonna have all these individuals all these teams coming down and you got two ginormous lakes that take you an hour and a half to drive it <laughs> from one end to the other. Um, I mean, how would, how would someone coming from out of state who didn't have two hammers on their team who lived nearby and kind of understood the lake a bit, how would they pick apart something that large? I mean, to be honest, if I was coming out of state and didn't know anything about the two lakes, I would yeah. pick Gunnersville and I'd pick a bridge. That, really? That's, that's what I would do in November. You're going to have transition fish. You know, they've been schooling in the back of the pockets and they're heading back out to deep water or in some variation of that. The bridges are choke points. You can watch Bassmaster, FLW, etc. And many of those tournaments have been one on a bridge doing exactly that. Uh, in March, they're usually camping a bridge. The only problem with that is you and 200 bass boats yes. know the same thing. <laughs> so that's, that's the struggle with Gunnersville, right? And Wheeler... You, I, I, I fished a spot this morning and yesterday, both caught yeah. schooling uh, spotted bass for about three hours yesterday and two hours today. I didn't see another boat, right? Really? So, I mean, 
that's that's the advantage of Wheeler. But like you mentioned, it's so spread out. You you got to know the sweet spots, and that just yeah. takes time and practice. So would you say that in November on Veterans Day weekend, it'll be just like that on around the bridge? You'll be battling it out with other boats and other kayakers on, on those choke points. Yeah, yeah, definitely. That's yeah. You, that's you and Jack awesome. are both. <laughs> <laughs> you're like nodding in agreement here, which kind of blows my mind, right? Because I'm up here. I don't have lakes like that big. I may have Lake Erie, right? But um, we don't. I don't have a, a bass fishing like that large around me that I fish. And so the idea of being like that tight with so many other boats around me like stresses me out. It's just not how I fish. I have enough smaller 1,500, you know, 2,500 acre lakes around me where I don't have to in contact with another bass angler which is kind of it's kind of nice but coming to a different part of the country with different game different rules is one of those because we can for the knucklehead we can fish either one right you can choose wheeler or you can choose like gunnersville is there is one known for i don't know more fish bigger fish is there gunnersville yeah all day all day every day is it's it's the lake that you can go to and have a good chance of catching a 10 pounder you catch a 10 pounder on wheeler and it's going to go in the newspaper probably really yeah wheeler has the fish out there say that again jack wheeler have has angry fish <laughs> they they <laughs> out there interesting so fascinating i got a question here from um gramps are there still a ton of boats on the water in november gunnersville yeah. I don't care what day. I don't care what time of year. I don't care what the weather is. It's ridiculous. Really? Yes. Wow. Wow. All right. Well, there you have it. It's going to be interesting, folks. Well, Greg, thank you. We'll circle back around. Jake, sounds like you got your Hobie, your new Hobie, by the way, all wrapped up, bundled in the trailer. And now you're back in your truck. How you doing, brother? Pretty good. What's going on, guys? I'm I'm a little jealous because like an hour ago, I'm getting text messages and <laughs> from, from Jake. And he's like, Oh, here's a 17. Here's an 18. Here's another 18. Here's a 19. And here's you know, a couple other 16s that I didn't even take a picture of. You were slaying them tonight. Yeah. When you're on them, you're on them. You you're on them. And now, unfortunately you live like two hours away from me. I would have been joining you. We'll just do the show from our, both of our kayaks, but yep. Tell me where have you felt like, well, tell, tell, tell everybody where you fish, not like where you fish, but kind of part of the country you primarily fish. You didn't always live where you live now and you've come a long way. I give you like rookie of the year for the team because we were hanging out at the beginning of the year and now you're on the team and kind of toward the end of the season. And I've been just impressed by the work you put in and the results that you're getting. I uh, would love to hear kind of what that journey has been like for you. Uh, um, so my journey's kind of just started this year, the beginning of this year, basically right around the time I first reached out to you is when I got my first kayak. So wilderness systems, 135 with the helix pedal drive, got a really good deal on it used, um, on the Facebook marketplace. Um, your favorite, I, I thought to look on marketplace because of your videos, you know? So I, I kind of got into kayak fishing and fishing in general from you and some other YouTubers out there. Um, reached out. I think we went, where were we, where did we go? We went to the strip mines in yep. Ohio. Yep. Uh, had a blast. Like after that, I was just, I was hooked and, uh, I live all the way up by Lake Erie and, um, 
like 30 minutes west of Cleveland. And um, I didn't think there was any bass fishing around here um, until you hooked me onto them. And then after, ever since then, I've just been, you know, watching every YouTube video I can, watching every, you know, uh, review about every single kayak there is. You know, it was a dream of mine to get a, a Hobie after that, you know, and, um, and, and now I'm here and, uh, I'm, I think I'm doing pretty dang good for, um, my first year, you know, bass fishing ever. You know, I grew up in South Florida and, uh, when I was a kid, I, I bass fished all the time, but we'd use worms or minnows, you know, and it was like, it was right. just easy to dip it in and boop, you gotta, you know, and, um, you gotta fish. So up here, I had to work for it. I had to try it and a lot of trial and error, a lot of hours on the water and, uh, I'm here. Yeah, well, you just didn't get a Hobie, bro. You went from whatever it is that you had that you didn't well, like. You mine. almost, you almost gave up. I did. You, you. I was like, I had a few text messages. This is just a few months ago. You're like, man, I, I'm, I think I'm gonna go over the bass boat world, and I, <laughs> I, 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 I threatened you left, right, up and down, and then I get this text one day. He's like, dude, I found this Hobie down in who knows where, like ten hours away. And yeah, I'll let you finish the story there. How'd that all play out? Yeah. So, um, my kayak that I got, it was a great year, great beginner kayak. Uh, it was the radar system or the, the wilderness systems radar 135 it was a great kayak. I, but I would text you all, all the time, you know, Hey, this broke. Hey, my prop <laughs> fell off. Hey, I just flipped my kayak. You know, <laughs> and, uh, I was having, a, I was having a rough go if you were, if you would say so. Um, and, uh, I had a four wheeler sitting in my garage that I, I mean, I love my four wheeler, but I just never rode it. I found something new and, um, uh, scrolling through facebook one of the one of the groups one day and what do you know it was a 2021 hobie you know uh pa14 all the fixings on it you know the xi3 pinpoint trolling motor um uh, came with uh live uh i'm sorry lawrence uh, hds9 live active target you know had, had everything you know it was a twelve thousand dollar setup with the trailer and everything it wasn't it was probably i think four and a half hours away from me to drive and he was looking for a four-wheeler to trade and uh, so i um messaged him not thinking anything of it i think he, he was looking for what i had you know and uh he said you know i think i'm gonna i think i'm gonna pull the trigger let's do it so I, I hopped in the truck one day after work and he tried to get me to go with you okay <laughs> yeah. oh, i need to come to this room with me center. come on uh <laughs> And, uh, so I, I went down there, everything checked out. This thing has been boat loaded all our trailer loaded, wet launch loaded only its entire life. Not a, not a speck of curb rash on the bottom. I mean, this thing is in perfect condition. Um, everything checks out. And, um, so I come home with the, with the Hobie. <laughs> wow. Well, yep. congratulations. That's a sick, that's a sick Thank ride. You. So walk us through, what do you been, what have you been catching them on? Like, what were you fishing with tonight? Right. 18, 18, 19, 17, 17. Do, do you have the text I showed you? Because I don't have it. It's on, it's on the boat. Maybe you just hold it up. It's a peanut butter and jelly. I think it's a three eighths ounce. Um, oh, yeah. The, uh, there it is, folks. You can explain it. Yeah. It's a, I, forget, I don't know who makes it, to be honest with you, but it's a three eighths ounce peanut butter and jelly um, uh, rocker style. Or not rocker style, but um, I can't think of the word. It, it's not a swim jig and it's not a football. Somebody could help me here. I'm, my mind is uh, is another place. So, um, but it's got the, the D bomb, um, which I think Jack was explaining that, right? 
Yeah. It's got the D-bomb. It's the PB&J D-bomb color to match the, the skirt and everything, and it's been killing them. Uh, I found a um, I found a honey hole about 30 minutes away from me, and uh, it's a very small lake, but it's like it's a man, man-made lake. I think they – it's more like a pond, um, but in the center – it's got like just stumps as far as you can see. It's um, and it's about five foot in most places, and there's just stumps okay. and logs floating around. So every day it's something different. So a, flo- a log will float to another side depending on the wind. And so like every time I go out there, it's something different. And I'm just hitting every single uh, every single log, every single piece of cover that I get back there. And it's um, that's what I've been. The majority of my fish on the knucklehead tournaments have come out of that lake, and it's an average 17 incher every single every wow. single time it's at least an average yeah so i think the smallest one i caught today was 16 and it was and i caught eight something like that wow um, this, I've been, i got out here at five o'clock um so it was i love it that's a sick that's a <laughs> sick night heck heck yeah. yeah yeah it was pretty pretty good one of my one of my best nights i think and uh, i think i pulled what two 19s and 18 and 17 and a couple 16s so um no, so so if, you, if you're if you're listening in, there's a theme here, right? So jigs, big bass, jigs, big bass. I heard right. D bomb now a couple times. Peanut butter and jelly. That's what that's what I use. I've caught my biggest bass this year on a peanut butter and jelly three eight ounce jig. I got um, a lot on a big ten inch worm. Um, I got a lot of luck on. Uh, Texas rig, you know, just the D bomb with a little three sounds free weight on it. Yeah. Uh, I, I, uh, been practicing my, my, um, drop shotting and stuff like that with my, uh, my active target. I, I, there's a bigger, deeper reservoir that we go to. I mean, right now fish are deep on in grass, you know, 12, 13 foot around here anyway. And, um, pretty much on cover or in the shade. Yeah. No, I always love whenever you send me photos cause Jake and I are buddies and we, we know each other's honey holes and we keep them sacred. Um, but I'm like, Hey, what'd you catch them on? And so like the next day I go out and I send him a photo of the thing that he told me what Lord to throw. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta have friends. No yep. point. So, right. so t- real quick, share your story. And then I'm going to, and Jack, really quick, you're, you're the one who said you also fished the D-bomb, correct? Trailer. Yes. Oh, you weren't going to share the color, so we'll we'll keep that. We'll keep that. that I remember now, so let's keep that a little secret here. But Jake, tell me, you were at, you're at your 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 honey hole, and you're you got pretty good balance. You're a young guy, <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. You weren't in your Hobie, and no. you, apparently you thought you were invincible. So share share the story here. What well, happened? What what, less, what lessons were learned? It was like 55 degree water. I think um, I was out fishing. I was at, I was actually at another pond which is just north of my honey hole here and um really really dirty water um there's a log that kind of stuck up out of the water like this the water level is kind of down here you can see sorry the shadow um but the the log was sticking up out of the water like that and um i threw something i forget probably a square bill or something i was fishing at the time it got caught in the log it was sticking up out and it was probably it was i'd say it was about waist height from the water level so i i paddled over to it stood up grabbed hold of the thing because i was on the other side of it to pull myself around the other side of the log and the thing just broke right in half it was a dry rotted piece of wood broke right in half fell on top of me i went in i think my hip uh caught the strap of my seat ripped the strap of my seat and just turned the entire kayak over um it was like seven or eight foot of water i think seven foot of water 
And but it was so cold, I couldn't breathe. I swam around. I was in shock. I was able to, you know, I, I never practiced deep water reentry, which I know I should have done before I went out, but it was winter time, you know, or it was, you know, spring. And um, so I never really got the chance to do that. And I somehow miraculously, you know, I was able to grab hold of the drive that was sticking up out of the water and then use that as leverage to turn it over, climb back in my kayak. And I knew I wasn't going back in that day to get my stuff, but <laughs> I waited I think, a week. Everything sat in the bottom. <laughs> I was able to recover all my rods, thankfully, because most of them floated. Um, but, um, I think I waited a week and it got substantially warmer. I went back out with some swim trunks and a pair of goggles and I just started doing the, I would, I would dive straight down with my feet, feel around. Oh, found something, reached down, grabbed it, pulled up. <laughs> Cause I couldn't see the bottom. It was dark. And I got every single thing besides my, my prescription eyeglasses that I was wearing. And, uh, yeah. So just. Word sounds, of, sounds, word sounds like you got a lesson, a couple lessons learned, yeah. a couple lesson learned there. Uh, well, one was tether your crap. There, that's one. It sounds like. <laughs> you know, I was and, expecting, you know, I, I didn't have a towel with me. I mean, I don't think anybody really cares what I carry one now in my in my black pack, um, and uh, just and actually, I, I also have like a jacket in there too, just in case I do go over. And maybe maybe it's windy. Maybe it's super. Um, hot outside but it's like windy or something you know and you can get cold um if you if you, if you take an unexpected unexpected swim and uh yeah i i bring all that stuff now i'm pretty pretty safe about everything now i tethered everything so all right well tammy i'm going to circle back to you so let's kind of get tactical right now right so if you if you were head out to the water tomorrow now you shared the baits that you're throwing now do you throw those into the next few months or did you do some type of transition from your baits kind of in this fall transition that we're kind of in new hampshire is a bit different <laughs> than uh greg and uh um so what what's going on in your brain right now when it comes to fishing as far as how you're approaching the types of bodies of water that you're fishing um it honestly doesn't change too much uh okay. I, I, so I enjoy fishing early mornings and early evening or evening, you know, later into the evening, into the night. Cause it, most of the time, the boat traffic, things like that are kind of dying down. People are leaving. So I'm coming on. Um, and I just find that, you know, those are the best times for the big top waters. It seems like, you know, as it's, it's cooling down a little bit, you know, the fish are coming out to feed things like that. So, and it's, it seems like, and I seem to have that luck most of the year, most of the season, all through the summer. And it gets even better into the fall once the water temps really cool down. Mm. Um, but I, you know, and now, now the grass is starting to die away, the lily pads. So they're moving off of that stuff and going a little bit deeper or going, you know, they're hitting some, they're heading into some cover somewhere. So I'm usually hitting more docks as well. Like if it slows down with the top water, I'll hit docks. Um, if I can find anything, you know, uh, brand uh, trees or any sort of cover down deeper a little bit. Um, I'll hit those. Um, so it does change a little bit as the water is cooling down. Um, but for the most part, not too much. All right. So when you're throwing these top waters, are you like calling them up from the deep, like 10 feet down or are you throwing it shallower than that? Yeah, I'm throwing it pretty shallow. Well? Yeah, okay. I'm, I'm sticking to anywhere between like three to probably seven or eight feet. 
Okay. Um, I seem to have the better luck at the lower, like the three feet, you know, the, 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 the shallower, I seem to have better luck. Huh. I feel like all my three feet still choked with dying weeds at the moment, but it's slowly. Yeah. Slowly going away. Yep. Yep. Oh, there's, there's a good, there's a few different lakes that I hit where it's um just, there's some, you know, it's almost like rip rap rock, like, you know, not a deep ledge, but a little bit of a ledge off. So yeah. it kind of, it's not a lot of grass and stuff there, but um, there are some areas that do have that grass growing a little bit, maybe in five to set, five to 10 feet where you just hit over the top of that. And that, that works well that that'll find them too. I pulled them out of the grass in that depth of water. So, so I'm curious. So there's top waters, then there's what you have, which are pretty large, like wake bait type deals. Yep. Was there a graduation bait that got you from like the normal, what you typically would buy to kind of what you're using now or did you just like hey i got this friend mtn and he sent me some and you tried them out and you just fell in love with them no i think i did have a transition i i think they the bigger baits at first i was like that i mean i think you know when i do show them to some people they're like i can't believe a fish hits that thing it's so big right. and it's like you know, I had that same belief. And, and so I had smaller baits, I, you know, maybe the Spro BBZ rat, the little, the smaller one. Um, I had a couple of maybe the Jackal Pompadour a little bit. That's, you know, also that crawler type thing. So little things that were a little bit, you know, smaller, but a little bit bigger. And then, um, yeah, Chris started making these and I, you know, again, I was like, I don't know. And I, I, I just kind of jumped into it, started throwing them. And I mean, it's amazing. You'll have just, you'll have a 14 inch fish hit these things. It's just, it's crazy. It's like, I don't need, you know, very ambitious little fish, <laughs> you know, that hits this hit. They're just the size of the bait, but yeah, I mean, anything hits it. It's, it's, I don't, I haven't found anything that, you know, that's too big that they won't hit. Wow. That's just crazy to me. Yeah. I brought it like a, my eight inch mag drafts before and it gets hit. Now I, Anytime you get a hit on like a big bait, you're thinking, oh yeah, this is going to be awesome. Like what in the world? Little dink just yeah. came up and smashed this. It's about the same size. Yeah. And it always kind of blows my mind. Yep. And I always wonder like, okay, how large of a bait can I use when they're still smashing? And you answered that question for me tonight. So yep. that is, that is awesome. Guys, if you had a question for anybody, if you're listening in, if you got a question for any of the anglers, um, I will go ahead and ask that. So go ahead and throw that in there. Um, but I'm going to, Go back down here to Jack. Jack, same same question. Um, as far as right now, right not got not giving away the juice for coming up here in November. But what's your fishing look like right now? Are you doing any type of transitions with your baits? Uh, I know that some people. I just had someone on a couple of weeks ago. Like, hey, I move. I take all the rattle out of my bait, and I just go to straight thump. And so it's just it's interesting. People have their own ways of doing things. Do you have any type of secret sauce or something that you like doing that you feel like elicits more bites? Well, water temperature on Gunnersville is still 82 degrees. So I was just out fishing yesterday. So I went back to the same area and it seemed to be the uh, top toad that they were hitting. Um, a lot of blow ups on it. I, I really didn't connect. So I moved off towards this little bridge and it supports was throwing a 4.8 inch uh, Tennessee shad uh, paddle tail. Kitab. Okay. Yeah. Uh, through it, it was it was seven to ten feet. I let it hit the bottom, uh, three quarter or a quarter ounce weight. Let it hit the bottom, pulled it back up, and as soon as it came up off the ground, sixteen and three quarter, two of them right in a row in the same area. Wow. So, 
yeah um so usually i i transition start working my frogs and then going like greg had talked about towards the supports on those uh bridge area so when the temperature starts dropping right so it's eight it's low it's still- 80s right now so what happens when it goes to like 70s? You change it up or when you go to 60s? And what happens to your mind whenever I start sharing those numbers, temperatures? I like going to a spinnerbait. I have a, um, once it, you know, drops down 70, 75 degrees, I'm, I'm usually throwing a spinnerbait. Um, that's usually one of my favorite ones. And I, I get a real good, uh, a real good uh, hookup on spinnerbaits. And uh, I still throw the, uh, the KiCat paddle tails. Um, they they seem to love to eat those, especially when they're feeding up, uh, feeding up, and then uh, the uh, like I said the top toads, and then uh, I throw a black sprawl hollow body, and it's a black uh, uh, top toads also. That seems to be the thing. All right, it's so fascinating when you go to like find frogs and toads. They usually have white bellies. You got to try really hard to go find like a special order, kind of black bellied. Toads and frogs. I don't see them anywhere, at least where I'm at. Maybe you got when you guys go buy your lords and stuff. Now, granted, if you go online, you can find them pretty easily, but I don't go into stores very often to see those. In fact, I got like 15 frogs. I don't think any of them have dark color. They're all white. So fascinating. Uh, Greg, what do you got for us, my friend? What What's going through your mind when you head out? And one, we, we haven't talked about this. We'll, t- oh, we'll talk about that in a second. So what's going in your mind? Any, how are you patterning your pattern? Oh, there it is. That's, that's all I do, Mike. I throw that until it gets 60 degrees. So you only have like one rod Yeah. when you go out. That's all I need. All right. <laughs> so, 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 there it is. There's, there's a trick, folks. Just fish <laughs> the one thing, your confidence lure. There are, some, there are some highland lakes around here, sure enough, um, to the south of us that I kind of wish the championship was on. Um that you throw a spook on points, especially windblown points, and you'll catch them. I might mix in a whopper plopper occasionally, but a spook is going to carry you well into the fall. Like I'm, I don't know if I'll be throwing them in November. Depends on the temperature and you know what I've seen the week before, but it's possible. Right. Fascinating. I love it. I love how sim- simplistic, <laughs> and you're able to to get on them. Um, do you, do you attribute that to just you knowing your body of water and how to pattern those bass throughout the year? Maybe that. Maybe I'm just stubborn. If it's not top water, I don't want to throw it. So, <laughs> like, you know, I don't give them an opportunity to eat anything else. Um, I will I will mix in an A-rig, right? Like, you know, if it's not allowed in bass tournaments in FLW and, and BASS for a reason. Yeah. Because it works. Um, so if I'm catching them on a spook and they're schooling, I'll mix in the A-rig. Um, and usually pull out some bigger fish with that than I will get just on top water. Uh, if I'm around grass, I'm still throwing the frog. And then, um, you know, the, like Sarah mentioned, right, the spinner bait, you know, that's a good transition bait. I mean, I, I've got all these baits in my arsenal. I, I just usually start and end with the with the top waters because that's what I want to catch them on. Yeah. Hey, you like what you like, and it sounds like you've had a lot of success with it, so tip my hat to you there. Jake, any thoughts on this question? We're going to do one more round, and I'm curious on everyone's kind of kayak that they have, then we'll finish this up. Um, any thoughts on our discussion? Yeah, um, I, I think the reason why I'm like, I've come so far is because like I'm kind of like a kitchen sink kind of guy. I, I, I throw everything until 
if I go to a new place to fish, I throw everything until I kind of start to get that pattern right. Uh, I'll start off most likely with like, if it's wind blown or something, I start off with a uh, chatter bait, spinner bait sometimes. Um, if I don't get anything, you know, any hits on that, even if it's like, you know, early morning or so, I'll, I'll start moving to like more finesse style fishing. Uh, you know, our lakes around here, they're, they're so, you know, it's hard to find a lake without grass pretty much covering the entire lake, right? Mm. So grass, I'm sure is great for guys down south, you know, but up here it's it's hard to pinpoint where the fish are at because grass is covering the entire lake so it it, it all depends you know i'm uh it's hard to find you know structure as well with your with your finders and stuff um with all the grass so i i'm i'm slowly learn, slowly learning but I, i'm just a kitchen sink kind of guy i'll throw anything until i start getting a bite once i start getting that once i start reading that pattern i'll start honing in on you know bigger smaller different colors and that, that type of thing um yeah do you fish non-natural colors no, it's no. Pretty, the, the furthest i'll go from a natural color is like um like a plum apple big 10 inch worm um that's but even that's still kind of natural at the same time yeah uh, it's like a, i think it's called green pumpkin plum or something uh zoo makes the they're the old monster um or green pumpkin apple i, I don't know something like that yeah. but it's awesome yeah that's that's the furthest i'll go because we fish a lot of clear water up here too so yeah no here you go no i was thinking what was that what i was going to share tonight so i was thinking what is it i feel like i've come a long way especially this past year i mean i'm trying to think of what is the one thing that i contribute the most to right where did i gain the most yardage in my fishing game and uh, two things came to mind and it wasn't, it wasn't until I, I didn't start growing significantly until I started teaching it right on my YouTube channel, because when you start teaching something, especially on YouTube, if you don't have your, your information, right, people are going to let you know about it. Right. So it forces you to do just like corpus research, dial in, add your flair to it and kind of your take on it. And you start picking apart fishing piece by piece and there's so many i mean i have a queue hundreds of videos ideas that i have not even done yet right i have the ideas for them i know i want to do it and the things that i'm interested in but i really started to see a lot of gains when i started teaching it so if you're like if you always wanted to be that content creator um you also want to be a better angler that happened for me whenever i created a youtube channel and started teaching parts of it little by little uh, I always share with people, I don't really like, yes, I'm a content creator, but really what I've done is just documented my journey and people will like hop on along the way, which have been like a ton of fun. The other thing, and Tammy, you nailed this whenever you shared kind of your story. Um, I started getting larger fish, bigger numbers on the tournament boards in the nineties, upper 97, mostly because I was putting in the extra time on the water. Right. I'm not full time. I got a nine to five job. I'm I'm essentially a like a sales division of my nonprofit that I work for. And so I'm traveling like one week a month. But I was like, all right, this this year I'm gonna put in more time. How am I gonna get that time? Right. Cause I got a family, I got two kids, they're young, seven to five years old. I want to prioritize them. And so and the only way for me to do that is to get up before work and get out there and get on the water. So I was like, all right, I'm gonna commit to it. 
And I, I can't really do it anymore, like back to back mornings, <laughs> but during the, because I just, I just get worn out. But every other day, like Monday, Wednesday, Friday, I'm setting the alarm sometimes 4.45 a.m., 5 a.m., and you get out there and you fish a couple hours, two and a half hours, enough time for you to get home. And I work from home, which is nice. I don't have to go to another place. And man, I can't tell you, I've caught the majority, of course, of those fish in the morning, in the twilight hours. The big ones bite. The big ones are biting the jigs. You're able to pattern them a whole lot better when you're doing it every other day. You can start timing, like it's going to rain on this day or that storm front's coming through. It's going to be a good morning. You start learning so much quicker, of course, right? So I went from like a weekend warrior to going out like four times a week. And because of that, man, I can't tell you how fast that has accelerated my personal growth. So pretty awesome. Daniel has a, has a comment over here. Darren got my Garmin Echo map today. Awesome. Been watching your installation video. Sick. Can't wait to try it out this weekend. My man, hopefully that uh, installation goes well for you. It did for me, and I look forward to doing some fish finder videos coming up in the future. Yeah, JT Gramp says, hey, jealous of those in fish more than the weekends. He lives like in the part of Indiana where you just can't like hop on a lake or <laughs> really it's like an hour drive in any direction. We've had this conversation for him. I love sending him photos in the morning of me catching bass when I know that he just simply can't. If even if he wanted to, <laughs> couldn't get out and do it before work. Oh, I love Gramps. We got to have him back on the show here soon. All right. One last final round of questions. Kind of make this one quick. But I'm curious about your rigs, right? You shared a little bit, Jake, about your rigs. This is kayak fishing obsessed. Let's talk about some fishing kayaks. So, Tammy, what are you running right now? Just a quick overview. What do you love about it? Did you just get into it? Are you planning on upgrading here soon? What do you got for us? Um, so I'm currently in an, um, new canoe unlimited, um, oh. and I just upgraded to that this year. So, um, I was in a native Titan, um, 10.5, uh, but it is cumbersome. <laughs> it weighs a lot. Um, I, I just started to just, you know, I'm, I, I, I just looking for something a little bit more manageable for myself. So, a um, couple of my friends and guys that I fish with are um, into the new canoe and they recommended it. And um, I jumped into it. It's, you know, it's much lighter. It's, it, it, it's still good size, but it's lighter and you can basically customize it any way you want. I mean, it just comes basically nothing with a seat and a bunch of tracks. Right. So I have uh, customized it pretty heavily <laughs> um, and I love it. I love it. Did you put a motor on it? I do. I around? No, I have a motor on it. I have a um, the XI3 GPS lock on it um, and a couple of screens, a couple of HDS9s, live target, Lawrence, um, live target I just got this year. So I'm still learning, learning um, how to read and see what I'm seeing and understand it. Um, do but you like it? Which, what? The, the, the live target. It's, it's interesting um, to say, the, I mean, I, I'm, I don't know. I'm like I said, I'm still learning it, but after a while I kind of find myself not paying attention to it much anymore. <laughs> and I'm just kind of, and then I just kind of start fishing around. 
Mm-hmm. Um, because I'm like I said, I'm like, I don't know what this is. I don't know what's happening. I don't know the settings. So I'm still trying to, I'll spend time doing that, you know, trying to lock in, understand the settings, what I'm seeing, what I'm looking at, throwing lures down, seeing, you know, comparing the size of fish to things. But, um, you know, for the most part, some of the lakes I fish aren't very, you know, they're again, small lakes and ponds, you know, maybe max 30 feet deep and 15 feet. So I don't really take this out, you know, that whole setup out that much. Right. Um, so it's, it's, um, but I'm getting used to it, but I definitely love, um, this kayak. It's, um, so stable. Um, and like I said, it's, it's lighter, but you know, with everything I've put on it, it's probably heavier, (laughs) but, um, you know, it's still manageable for me to get in the back of the truck and, and go. So. Yeah. So it's like the fan favorite for fishing kayaks with some of the best stability fan favorite wise. So you would attest to that? Yeah, I definitely would. Um, it's, I think, I think it's 41 inch width, um, in the middle. It's, um, I actually just, uh, was at a tournament last month, um, at, um, oh my God, now the (laughs) name of the lake is totally escaping me. Um, oh my God, I can't think of, anyways, it was, uh, you know, I'd looked at the weather and it was supposed to be high winds in the afternoon, like 20 to 30 mile an hour winds um, with, uh, you know, chance of rain. But it wasn't until like afternoon. So I'm like, oh, I'll go hit, you know, pre-fish in the morning. Did that a little bit of pre-fishing, probably around 11. Everything rolled in like way earlier than what was expected. And I was hit. I mean, I was in like three foot waves. It was. Whoa. It was literally this one of the scariest times of my life. I was, I was like, oh, this is not, this is not fun. I am really like freaking out here. But I mean, never once, like, never once did that kayak like make me feel like it was going to go over at all. It was pretty. It was just a scary situation, but it held up so well. I'm like, I can attest to everything everybody's ever told me about the stability of it after wow. dealing with that situation. All right. Are you looking for? I, I've, I've heard it over and over again. So that is, that is good to hear that you're in one and it's working out for you and it can handle some dicey situations. Yep. Sometimes yep. they sneak up on you. They do. That one definitely did. Cause I'm, I'm one to watch for that type of stuff, weather patterns, wind, especially high wind, um, things like that. So I'm like, Oh, it's not coming till afternoon, but it sure snuck up fast. And, uh, yeah, it was, it was a little unnerving. Yeah. Right on Jack. What rig do you run? I have two rigs. Uh, when I get out on the lakes uh, in the larger area, I use a Jackson big rig. Um, I've been in it quite a bit this year. I haven't been able to get on the creeks. When I get on the creeks, I have a, a Kusa HD by Jackson. Um, okay. Both fairly wide kayaks, right? Yeah. My uh, my big rigs uh, about 36 inches wide. So uh, one thing that I've started doing this year a lot more, which has been helping on the hook sets, is standing. So the big rig's pretty stable for me. Yeah. Any problem. Yeah. Yeah. For those of you listening to the podcast and you're unfamiliar with like the averages, typical average width of a fishing kayak is between 32 and 36 inches. So when you heard Tammy, it's like, Hey, 41 inch wide fishing kayak. That's on the high, high end um, for, for width. So just keep that in mind. If you're out there looking for a stable kayak, um, that usually is one indicator, not the only indicator. There's a lot of variables involved in, stability man i've done videos on it and there's lots and lots to take into consideration including how good your balance is and so kind of the x factor 
in the midst of it all. But Jack, thanks for sharing your rig. Greg, what rig or rigs do you do you roll with? Well, I recently got rid of my PDL 10 Old Town. Uh, okay. and I'm, so I'm rocking the same boat I've had since 2016, uh, which is the native Ultimate 12. Oh, all right. And Why'd I, you get rid of the OT? Uh, it's heavy. <laughs> I mean, it's not really. It's not bad. But I'm just, I'm a throw-and-go guy. Like a lot of the places I'm going in, I'm pushing over beaver dams. I'm going through creeks that you have to wade through. I'm pulling up shoals. Like some of the places I put in, even a 80, 90 pound kayak, you're you're not dragging them up the uh, the the banks and stuff like I'm doing. So my 50 pound ultimate, it goes everywhere. It does everything. I, no electronics, no motor, no nothing. Just me and two rods. You're like a purist. Yeah, like fishing purist, folks. It's not many not many of them out there. So I went to a good look. Good look at this one. There's a few other purists. Uh, I got some people on the show who are like, hey, you know, even like using a net is cheating in their mind. So. Hey, you know what? Fish how you like the fish, as they say on the Appalachian Trail. Hike your own, hike your own hike. And so, hey, if you like fishing on one one rod and fifty pound kayak, and that's what gets it done. Obviously, it's working for you. So, pretty awesome. And Jake, you already shared your rig, but why do, do you still have your other rig? Are you trying to get rid of that? Did you did you I like do. that? Did you like I, that one? It was my first kayak. It's, it's a fourteen foot kayak, the radar one thirty five. Uh, well, it's like. 13 and a half inches, um, 13 feet and one half foot. <laughs> there um, go. That's a, t- he's a tiny boat nation over uh, here. Jake, Jake Tomlin. <laughs> uh, so it, it, I liked it. Um, but it was just an older kayak that just things started falling apart on it as much as I got out on it. Um, it was already old when I got it. Um, and, uh, but I, I think if I take out the drive, maybe it's, it, it's paddled great. Um, and maybe I could use it for like a riverboat or something. Uh, and I know it's probably still a little long for a riverboat, but it's uh, it's got the high bow and everything. And um, it, might, it might work out. I don't know. Or maybe I'll just sell it and just buy a, a Sholey or something. <laughs> Me, about, yeah. We were talking about Sholey. I just had Drew Gregory on not too long ago. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, we were talking about getting into a Sholey because I want to do some river fishing. There's a, there's a river around here called the Tuscarawas River, and there's some smallies in it and i really haven't gone after them but i want to so hopefully pretty yeah the majority around me and around cleveland is it's mostly rivers there's not many lakes you're out no. orange lakes you know um so it's it's, it's a lot easier but I, i'd like to have two boats you know i do now but i'd like to have another one for the river that'd be great and then my uh my pa14 uh, i love it it's it's uh it's it's like the pickup truck of of kayaks you know you can pretty much do whatever you want to it you can put a bow mount stern mount you can put both of them on there together if you want there's i think i seen a video a couple days ago of one guy i think it was aggressively average no no it was kayak usa i think okay. that he, he tested out he had a start he had a ix3 in the front on the bow and uh uh i think the, the new newport on the on the rear and um uh something i probably would never do but you could do it um <laughs> it, Super stable. Uh, I mean, I could pretty much walk the entire length of the boat and not have to, you know, I, it, it'd be a balancing axe, but uh, it ain't tipping and it ain't, it ain't rolling unless you're, you know, doing something, if you're excessively standing on the edge of it, you know. Um, yeah. Great kayak. I love it. I have the, the IX3 spot lock uh, or a pinpoint GPS spot lock on it. And um, it, it, 
I'm sure Tammy can attest to this. It's awesome when you're trying to learn that that the active target like I've been trying to learn too. Um, and uh, you just hit the spot lock, you know, make sure you're facing wind or downwind and um, you pretty much aren't moving. And uh, it's great. It's just like a bass boat. You stand, stand up, fish, you have your remote, you can, you know, kind of zoom around and uh, you never really have to sit down to adjust your rudder or anything like that. You just stand and you just, if you need to make an adjustment, you just reach down to your vest where your remote's hooked up to, make your adjustments. It's great. Um, that's just my style of fishing that I like to do. So I got to get in that thing. Next time yeah. you come down here and we fish, we just got to switch kayaks for an hour. Cause I gotta, I gotta try that thing out. Try I was gonna boat. Next time we meet up, just, you know, Hey, hop in my boat and go. <laughs> Heck yeah. Let's do it. And this is like the danger of like fishing kayaks. I looked around my garage. I was like, how in the world did I end up with three fishing kayaks? And I'm not only talking about getting a fourth one. And then I like justify in my brain. Well, I need a river kayak and I need an adventure kayak and I need a pedal kayak and I need one with a motor. Dolphin, a fishing kayak, though, Darren. Mm, yes, because <laughs> if a pelican can call the Catch 100 a fishing kayak, then I can call yep. the Aruba 10 with my one fishing rod holder DIY <laughs> a fishing kayak. So we'll <laughs> we'll go with that. Uh, and Gramps, yes. Why give up the comfort of a kayak for a junky John boat? I can't tell you how many John boat comments I get. Probably. Any given day, probably 50 comments a day on my YouTube channel. I can't probably four of them every day. It's like, why don't you just get a John boat? Get a John boat. I was like, if I wanted a John boat, I would have bought a John boat and put and had a channel called John Boat Fishing or something. But I don't know. Maybe I should do a video. John uh, Boat versus I, Kayak. Get them kayak crit, or kayak cushions. I just got two. First time I used them today. One on the back. One of the uh, these things are great. Hmm. Maybe. Oh, yeah. I'll sit in that. That's like, the problem. I'm going to get in your kayak and be like, oh, but like that, like that, like that. Before I know it, I need $2,000 worth of upgrades. <laughs> yeah. uh, and so it goes, folks. Well, everybody, thank you so much for listening in. Thanks for our guests, Jake, Tammy, Greg, Jack. We will be bringing the heat down Lake Gunnersville, Lake Wheeler on Veterans Day weekend. And Jake and I have been talking about putting together like a doing a lot of video on this, try to bring that experience to you and hopefully build this thing up for years to come. So I know it's Chad's dream to kind of do the knucklehead bass fishing series next year. Once again, if you came in late to the show, Oh, I didn't do it yet. We have to do the, uh, the giveaway. So let me share my screen real fast. And all you guys are signed up for this. So you could potentially win, which is kind of fun. So let me share my screen and go over to the wheel of names, the randomizer. All right. There's the randomizer. Let's go ahead and hit shuffle a few times. Shuffle, shuffle, shuffle. I think I took my name out of it. Let's go ahead and spin this bad boy. See who wins a $100 gift card to castcray.com. Here we go. And the winner is... Hey, Lost in Tackle, my man. Hey. Congratulations, brother. I'll be sending you... I don't have to know. It's someone who won like last month. I still have not yet been able to get a hold of. I just need to reach out and chat to get his contact information. But Lost in Tackle, I have your information because I've had you on the show before. So I'll send you the email with a $100 gift card to Cass Cray. Thanks, everyone, for listening in. I will see you next week. I have the Bearded Paddler on and uh, kind of unique story there. He sells kayaks for a living. And so we're going to be able to take a deep dive into the kayak fishing world, fishing kayak world. 
We're going to talk about the new bona fide PWR, which is going to be fun. And uh, yeah, it's going to be a good time. So go ahead. And uh, Tammy, where are you at? You're on Instagram mostly, right? Yeah, uh, just Instagram, NH underscore fishing underscore gal. Right on. Jake, where, where can people find you? I don't have anything. <laughs> find them on the water, folks. There Jack, you oh. are you anywhere out there? I know you're not because I tried to find your contact information. It was nearly impossible. No, <laughs> I, I don't have anything out there yet. Okay, all good. And Greg, probably just 3dyak.com. Is that right? Yeah, I used to have some other stuff. I don't maintain anymore. So 3dyak will be good enough. Right on. Well, thank you all for your time. I look forward to fishing with you. Go Team Wendell. And I'll see you all next Tuesday night, 8.30 p.m. Eastern. See you. You've been listening to the Kayak Fishing Obsessed Podcast. Kayak fishing is a passion that runs through our veins. And our passion is to talk about every aspect of it, have a blast doing it, and laugh the whole way. We hope you've enjoyed the show. If you did, make sure to like, rate, and review. And we'll be back soon. But in the meantime, find us on YouTube, Facebook, TikTok, and Instagram at Window Fishing. Window Fishing.